this July 17th edition of the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Circa Sports. Circa Sports is back with their Circa Survivor and Circa Millions contests. $14 million up for grabs. Get all the details at circasports.com. Welcome, everybody, to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, coming to you from Newcastle upon Tyne in the northeast of England. Today is Sunday, July the 16th, and we are here with a 10 game card of MLB action for Monday, July 17. And joining me this evening uh, is Mr. Scott Reichel, fresh off the tennis. I saw your tweet, lock it. And the dog was a little bit unlucky, Scott. Is this correct? Uh, something along those lines. Unfortunately, my lock got there easily, which was nice. But I had Djokovic to win and each player to win a set. And then it went to five. And Djokovic, unfortunately, had a chance there early in the fifth set, but hit it into the net. And then you saw Alcaraz break right after it. So props to Alcaraz for getting it done. But for the sake of this show, uh, looking forward to the baseball games. Yeah, it's a bit of a... Funny card. We normally have our Sunday issues with pitches that I have to get ahead and apologise for. I think we've got 10 games. I've got pitches for, I think, seven of them and odds for six of them. So we've got enough stuff uh, to be going on with. But it's not ideal. This game hasn't, haven't started yet. Uh, there are games that are in play. King Tuck was first in the chat uh, when we got here, having a bit of a whinge about Tampa Bay. And I, I mentioned to him that, they kind of be starting to become unreliable, Tampa. Although I know they, they, they won the doubleheader yesterday against Kansas, but they've certainly been a lot more up and down than the, the rock-solid Tampa uh, that you're used to. So, um, yeah, we've got Tampa Bay coming up in a little while in the, in the return of uh, Shane McClanahan. Uh, Gabe's here. Um, he fancies fading Tampa tomorrow. TV, DBJ, uh, Kaysen as well. I was going to mention talking about Trevor, the, the Brewers, um, with the we we said at the at the halftime mark that we kind of wanted the Reds to keep it interesting. Uh, we didn't just want them to go away and waste what was a fun half half season. And the Brewers have swept them this weekend and just put a little daylight uh, between them. But the Brewers have got a hard road trip coming up uh, in Cincinnati. You have some more home games, so maybe um, that's not that's not all done with. Um, and I have got one point of order here. Uh, Daniel Smith, a listener of ours, pulled me up on Twitter. I can't believe none of you people have done this to me. Uh, I think Daniel's probably correct. But apparently I say Kansas too much when I mean Kansas City. And this is a two different things. So um, I apologise, Daniel. It won't happen again. Apparently I've got to say KC is the safest course of action. Um, Scott, why haven't anyone told me that I say Kansas instead of Kansas City? Because apparently they're two different places. Is that a rhetorical question, or do you actually want to know? No, you know, I want to know, yeah. I'm assuming, one, because everyone knows which team you're talking about anyway, or (laughs) B, everyone stopped listening already, so they didn't even notice. It's one of the Yeah, that's all. Yeah. Hey, listen, how could you not be pedantic about baseball, Scott? Uh, So, yeah. Um, The other thing I wanted to mention was, we did the show on Thursday for the restart on Friday. Um. And we told all the dogs were barking. We started, we get right into the dogs in the last few games of the card. But I think we did all right, Scott, because, well, first of all, we locked up Brian Bellow between us, uh, who mm-hmm. pitched well for Boston. They won at minus 120. And then all the dogs, Houston won, uh, which we with the, was the official dog play. 
plus 135. Detroit and the Tigers went at plus 170. Colorado did the business at plus 180 with Austin Gomber. Uh, who else was on that board? There was loads of them. Um, oh, and we uh, yeah, talked of Graham Ashcraft as well. Uh, there was a little Twitter clip went out about Graham Ashcraft. Um, who pitched an absolute gem and Cincinnati could not give him a single run of support and they lost the game one to nothing. Um, but yeah, I think we did all right um, getting some of the dogs in business there. So yeah, we're getting to this 10-game card, Scott. Um, after I tell you about uh, Circus Sports, the Circus Millions and the Circus Survivor, 14 million in guaranteed prizes up for grabs. Circus Millions, you need to pick five NFL games against the spread each week. And in the Survivor Contest, you pick a different money line winner each week. Sports Gambling Podcast Boys will be out there for the last weekend in August. Circasports.com for all of the details. That's Circasports.com. Okay. Uh, just having a little quick look at tonight's scoreboard. Oakland, the Oakland first five, man. That's the system play. APCS. Um, top five, unless something goes horribly wrong here. Oakland lead that one three to one. So there's the system play. Um, and also, you lot laughed at me. I, f- I faded the Braves against the White Sox on Thursday. And they duly got humped and then have beaten them twice since. So, yeah, uh, right team, just the wrong pick. Uh, tomorrow, we start with, there's got no days for all. We go to a 7.05 Eastern first pitch between the LA Dodgers and the Baltimore Orioles. My notes are an absolute mess. I've handicapped these games about six times today because the pitching changes have been uh, frequent and steady. Um, as it stands, for the LA Dodgers, we have Emmett Sheehan pitching, and for Baltimore, it is the return of Grayson Rodriguez. Um, no lines on this one at all. Scott, uh, can you see any lines on this? No, I don't see any lines on it. Uh, you mentioned that uh, Sheen might be pitching for the Dodgers. I believe that's the holdup. It does seem like Rodriguez will be in the start in this game. I know he was recently promoted again to the majors, yeah. but as for the Dodgers, maybe it's Sheen, maybe it's not, but it seems like that's the holdup in the meantime. Yeah, so, I mean, both teams are in great form for, for a start. The Dodgers have won six, the Baltimore have now won eight, and the squeezed past a little Miami fight back tonight uh, to win that one 5-4. to four. So Baltimore have started this second half hot and closing the gap between this wobbling uh, Tampa Bay team and themselves. Emma Chien is 2-0 on the year with a 4.35 ERA. Um, it does look like MLB have worked him out, uh, these hitters. He's given up a lot of walks. He's given up a lot of home runs. All of his games have been high scoring as well uh, for the Dodgers. Now, when you're involved in Baltimore in that, they, they tend to get involved in more shootouts. Uh, Rodriguez returned on the 26th of May um, after a little stint. His May ERA was 11.14. And Rodriguez, he was talked up as a prospect. He's given up everything. You can't really put your finger on one thing. He's given up uh, multi-home runs, it's walks, it's hits. You can't put one finger um, on something that Rodriguez is getting caught out by because he's getting caught out by everything. I would like some Dodgers home run props tomorrow once you see the lineup, but I can only see this being a shootout. I don't know what the line might be, nine and a half. It could be up as high as 10, possibly. Um, but I would take an over in a shootout, Scott, uh, if I saw the line. Yeah, for me, I'm on the over as well. Uh, simply put, I don't trust Rodriguez at all. Uh, I'm not saying that he's going to be a bust uh, in his entire career, but for now, I don't want to back him. I believe that was the whole premise of Bull Durham, 
uh, if you watch that movie, where, you know... <laughs> yes, top, I am aware of that. It's a top-tier prospect, and I believe Kevin Cosner gives him the speech in the locker room and basically says, you're going to get called up and you're going to get your ass kicked. And they're going to get sent back down, and then eventually you'll figure it out, and you're going to be really good. It's kind of the whole point of the speech, and it does seem like Grayson wasn't fully ready for the majors the first time around. I don't think he's ready the second time around either. I'm not saying he's going to be bad long term, but in the short term, I can't trust him. And the Dodgers, I don't really trust Sheen either. So I see runs. Baltimore was very good over the weekend. They swept Miami, right? They came back and they ended up sweeping. That is correct. So because of that, I do like the form of the offense. Dodgers, it was fun while it lasted. I'll tell you that much, uh, Arizona. It was fun while it lasted, but the Dodgers remembered how to play baseball. Uh, No offense. And I do think that when you're looking at how this is going to unfold, I see your runs. I'll take the over in this game. Yeah, Keaton's found the summons, and it, uh, it's tight on the books, as, as you'd imagine. Uh, the Dodgers are even money with Baltimore at minus 120. And it's all at nine and a half. That's the number we were after. So, yeah, I will jot that down. Over 9.5 runs is a winner in that uh, Riley's joined us as well. Riley, good afternoon, sir. Yes, I had a lovely Sunday. I have not moved off my arse and watch sport all day. Uh, the Scottish Open golf got brought right forward this morning. So we'll good it. Really? Oh, it was great. Really, really good. I mean, yeah, McEnroy gets him sick, but he um, he closed that out really well. I felt sorry for Bob McIntyre because Bob McIntyre is quite an easy guy to root for. Um, he's got no airs and graces about him and he played really well. But yeah, so we got some breakfast time gambling and then we moved. I've managed to avoid the tennis though. I did some women's ashes today uh, and then got stuck into the baseball at tea time. So yeah, fun and games. Uh, 7.05 Eastern first pitch is the Cleveland Guardians at the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, the Cleveland Guardians rotation is in a right old mess. Um, they've got less idea than me who they're going to throw out tomorrow. Uh, so that's TAD. Pittsburgh, again, not much info. Yeah, we've got a rookie called Quinn Priester um, going for Pittsburgh. Uh, no odds, as you'd imagine. I mean, what can you tell us much about this one, Scott? Uh, For me on this one, even though I was hoping that the Guardians would be able to hang around over the weekend, they could not because Texas got the all-star break that it needed and proceeded to destroy this team. So I'm not exactly sold on the current form. Uh, Priester is a top prospect for Pittsburgh, so we're going to see how he does uh, in the actual majors. First time around, which could go either way. Sometimes you have really good debut starts. Sometimes you have really bad debut starts. But to look at the actual minor league numbers this season, he's been hit or miss. So far in the minors, 18 starts this year, a 4.31 ERA in 87 and two-thirds innings pitched. On the bright side, Cleveland can't hit. So maybe he'll pitch well. Uh, As for Cleveland, do you have any leads on who might be pitching or we're still not sure about anything? I have looked into it quite a lot because for some reason me and Noah have ended up with the entire Cleveland rotation on one of our fantasy teams. But Shane Bieber went to the IL. Um, Logan Allen had been sent down but will return to replace Bieber. Um, and the rest of them, they're just all rookies. So the short answer is no. Like I say, they're, they're shuffling the pack as we speak and I've got absolutely no idea. I know there's a hell of a lot of movement there for various reasons. All right, so I think with that being said, I'm just going to lean to Pittsburgh. They weren't good over the weekend against the Giants, so I'm not totally saying they're in good form, but they they, they uh, ended up hanging around a little bit. I know they lost in extra innings 
Uh, so you got to check the bullpen. But they had the early start. They played at like 12 o'clock. Uh, so I'm not saying it's going to help them with rest, but give them a couple extra hours. But it's mostly just going to be leading to Pittsburgh. This team is still 11 under, but they're only two under at home. Cleveland's two under, and they're four under on the road. But Cleveland can hit, and I feel like they're going to be laying no matter what in this matchup. So I'm going to lean to Pittsburgh. No chance I bet this because of how much uncertainty is actually involved with the pitching staff of both teams. But I'm going to lean to Pittsburgh at what should be a decent plus price. Uh, Hunter Gaddis is a possibility as well. Case uh, and informs us. Yeah, Cleveland so unreliable. O- only when you mentioned just then that Texas had beaten them did I look and check because Guardians had that game wrapped up when I looked a little while ago and then Texas scored four runs in the bottom of the eighth um, and Cleveland have just done that all weekend a right old mess and Texas I've had the start the need you're absolutely right uh, Quinn Priester started 18 games at AAA in, it, the, the numbers aren't great I'm not sure he's particularly ready 431 ERA um, he's got a couple of low 90s fastballs he's got a slider as a put away pitch which isn't tremendous not really very highly ranked. Um, the uh, manager was talking him up, but what else is he going to do? Um, I heard a sort of live interview today. I watched that Pittsburgh game earlier on. Um, yeah, 18th overall pick in 2009, but not expecting great things. Both of these teams are just unreliable. I'm quite pleased there's no odds because it means I don't have to make a pick because, um, yeah, absolutely nothing uh, nothing else to go on on this one. Uh, so we'll scoot on to something that we do know about. Uh, and we have odds on a 7-10 Eastern first pitch between the San Francisco Giants and the Cincinnati Reds. Logan Webb for San Francisco and left-handed pitcher Brandon Williamson for Cincinnati. The Giants are minus 150. The Reds are plus 140. Um, I haven't seen a total on that yet. Scott Giants at the Reds. Yeah, I'm not taking the Reds. I want to make a case for them. I'm not a big Williamson guy, but it's mostly just fading the Reds' offense because, congratulations, they finally scored some runs in yesterday's game. The problem was they didn't score enough, but they scored no runs in the first two games of the post-All-Star break season, got swept in a pretty important series there by Milwaukee. Milwaukee's owned them this year. I believe Milwaukee's now 9-2 and two straight up, but the Giants are in good form. They had a nice series over the weekend against Pittsburgh, and Webb was in really good form right before the All-Star break. Last start had a complete game shutout, actually, against the Rockies. He struck out at least 10 guys each of his last two starts. He's been really good. I like the over and strikeouts for this game for Webb. I think that he could have a pretty nice. good strikeout game. I know Burns struck out, what was it, 13 over the weekend in like six innings. I can see, uh, I don't want to say the exact same stat line, but something somewhat similar where Webb strikes out double-digit guys in like seven innings. But Webb, we know, is a really good pitcher, or at least he is the best pitcher on this staff. And Williamson leaves a lot to be desired. Giants are still in good form. I'm not sure if the Reds are going to be favored in this game. Uh, They were favored on Sunday, which I didn't agree with because uh, Lively versus Hauser I thought was kind of a wash. But you're looking at the Reds' recent form. They were laying 130, and they can't hit. So I do think, once again... The All-Star break sometimes gives you a necessary reset. We've saw it. Well, we've seen it with the Rangers, for example, where they just were struggling. They got some time off. They were able to, you know, reset everything, and they're back on track. Other teams just came out really flat, and it seems like the Reds came out really flat for the second half, and I'm not going to trust them because of it. So give me the Giants to get the job done. At what could be plus money, probably not because Webb's pitching. It's going to no, be I've, ch- got, I've got minus 150, Scott, on San Francisco. I was going to say, like, it, 
it was more just of a brief discussion on the Reds uh, being favored one time uh, on Sunday. Yeah. But for the sake of this matchup, I'll take the Giants' first five minus half a run. I think Webb's going to pitch well here, and I think that Williamson's going to struggle. So give me the Giants' first five minus a half, probably somewhere in the minus 120 range, minus 115. Um, the total I couldn't find on this is a total of 10. Um, so, yeah, the, Logan Webb's been better. And my big part of my handicap is that San Francisco Giants needed that reset that you just talked about. They were really scuffling. They came out today. I mean, there was nothing in that game with Cincinnati. It finished 3-3 after nine innings. And then, I mean, the, once you start to unravel it extras with that, with the zombie runner on second, San Francisco just got away and finished up 8-4 or 8-5, something like that. Scored five runs at the top of the 10th. Um, the Giants had won four in a row before that, so that is now five. And yeah, Brandon Williamson just doesn't inspire any confidence at all. One and two on the year, 5-21 ERA. In Cincinnati, you've stopped winning, so yeah, give me the unit and a half play on the San Francisco Giants. Um, questionable bets, QB1. Uh, in the chat. Good evening, sir. How are you doing? Nice to see you. On to 7.45 Eastern. First pitch, the Miami Marlins and the St. Louis Cardinals. Jesus Lazardo, left-handed pitcher for Miami. And St. Louis, unfortunately, is TBD, making this another off-the-board game. Um, Jesus Lazardo has been absolutely on fire. He has a 1.14 ERA in his last five starts. Eight and five on the year, 329 all in. Miami have won four of those five starts as well. And in his last road start, uh, was scoreless um, through six and one third against Boston. A um, couple of dips point defeats at Baltimore. Again, we, four or five teams we talked about wanting to come out of this break. Hot Miami, we're doing okay. We're one of the better stories. And then um, have been swept. Uh, at Baltimore they've been competitive they had 11 hits on Friday and couldn't get it done um, St. Louis sitting 256 against left-handed pitching which is okay um, I would lead Miami just behind Lazardo, uh, but obviously we don't know who St. Louis is good and I'll throw this over to Scott and you will just say mean things about St. Louis won't you? I'm not going to be as mean to it because the Cardinals have been okay so far in their very brief series against the Nationals as they're on the verge of winning two out of three. But Lazardo did really shut down this Cardinals offense a couple weeks ago. I believe that was the July 4th game where Wainwright got buried and Lazardo was very good. Uh, But he has faced uh, St. Louis before the season. He was, once again, very sharp. I'm going to lean to the Marlins' first five on the run line. The problem that I have is that the Marlins bullpen has really been underwhelming lately, and I am concerned about Miami's ability to actually sustain leads. On the other hand, I'm aware Baltimore's really good, so even though they got swept over the weekend, they battled, they had some chances, didn't work out, but the Orioles are much better than St. Louis. I am aware of that, but for the sake of what my current feelings are towards these teams, I really don't want to trust Miami's bullpen right now based on how they pitched over the weekend. I like Lazardo first five, potentially on the run line. Maybe you want to go with the first five under if you want to put some faith in the Cardinals pitching staff. But I think Lazardo is solid. He's been good this year. And once again, he's been very good lately. So I'll back that. I'll go with the Marlins first five. 8 5 Eastern first pitch. The Washington Nationals at the Chicago Cubs. Two left-handed pitchers in McKenzie Hall. 
for Washington and Drew Smiley for the Cubbies plus 130 on the Nationals minus 140 on the Cubs uh, no total for usual reasons in Chicago um, Scott two lefties here who's going to win well, at first glance, it does seem like, for the weather report, the wind will be will be blowing out uh, to roughly center field in Wrigley tomorrow. So keep an eye out for what could be a big total. Uh, Gore's been very, very hit or miss. Uh, he has really, you know, looked like a young pitcher who's 24, and he's had moments where he's been really good, and most moments when he's been bad. But his ERA is kind of met in the middle. Uh, to look at his actual home road numbers, basically the same. If you just want to look at the ERAs. Uh, but to look at my overall thoughts here, Gord did pitch against the Cubs uh, once this season, and he was not good. Gave up four earned in four innings on seven hits. Having said that, Smiley's been a bit hit or miss as well. I'm going to lean to the over. I just think you're going to see a decent amount of runs here, especially with the wind blowing out in Wrigley. You might see a decent amount of home runs in this matchup. The Cubs over the weekend were okay against the Red Sox. They won one out of the three. Uh, you're looking at the Nationals. They are also going to win one uh, in the weekend against the Cardinals. But for the most part, if I had to pick a side, I guess I'd lean Washington because I really don't want to lay 145 with Smiley. But for the sake of my play here, I don't have a total. I'm going to assume it's 10 if I had to guess. Maybe 9.5 juiced because, once again, the wind's blowing out in Wrigley. I'll lean to the over there. I really don't trust either pitcher, so I expect runs in this game. This was a great game where you could just eliminate stuff one at a time that you didn't want to bet on, and that led you to a conclusion because there was nothing else left. So um, I like Mackenzie Gore, but he is vulnerable. Um, but I wouldn't want to see myself backing him. You've just said, I can't back Drew Smiley. Or the Cubs, actually, at minus 140, so you can put a line through them. Um, both these teams hit left-handed pitching quite well uh, 279 Washington and 261 Chicago Gore might pitch an absolute beauty but um, you're not prepared to back it if you put a gun to my head and made me pick one of the two teams I would pick Washington because I think it's much closer than those than those odds suggest but the most reliable pace for me are the over whatever it was but then uh, Washington team total as well um, I think they can get to Smiley, who's not great. And uh, the fact that they're hitting left, he's okay. Uh, Jamie Candelario would be a player prop. I would put some stuff up for. Um, but yeah, by, by eliminating stuff, you get to a Washington team total. And then an over, if it is nine and a half, um, or we'll take 10 and a push uh, when the odds come out on that one. For player Next props up. for Washington, by the way, I'm just blindly looking at Lane Thomas. Sound like I'm yeah. suddenly go off the wagon. Yeah, he's a bit of a uh, darling of the um, YouTube comment. Lane Thomas, there he is. He's just he's just appeared. Actually, King Tut is putting him up as we speak. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, 8.05 Eastern first pitch, the Tampa Bay Rays at the Texas Rangers. Uh, left-handed pitcher Shane McClanahan for Tampa. And Dane Dunning goes for Texas. Uh, Tampa Bay are approximately minus 130. We've got plus 122 on Texas with a total of eight and a half. So McClanahan, 11 and one with a 2.53 ERA. Um, he's back and was last sighted on June the 30th. And mid-back tightness is why he's been um, out. There's no mention of a pitch count or anything like that tomorrow. So I'm just assuming it'll be a, a, a suck it and see situation, see, see how McClanahan goes. I mean, obviously he's been absolutely outstanding 
Dane Dunning, 8 and 2 on the year, 284 ERA. Uh, great figures. Uh, 3 and 1 recently. I mean, his last five starts, 297 ERA, 5-0 at home with a 289 ERA. Texas have steadied the ship, a great comeback win as well, just a little bit of momentum. And the way Tampa Bay are at the moment, like I say, won a doubleheader against Kansas. And then all of a sudden today, Zach Eflin got shelled um, in, in Kansas turn the over today. Tampa Bay just wobbling. And at these prices, behind a pitcher with a little question mark over him in McClanahan, and Dean Dunning, who is unquestionably going well and at home, I think you have to take Texas at plus 122, Scott. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at. I think the plus money value on Texas is probably the way to go here. McClanahan could pitch a gem. Don't get me wrong. We know how talented he is. The problem is with his first start back off of the IL, and he's been battling injuries for the last month, not to mention last year when he got hurt too. What do you think the leash is for this for the start? Five innings? Is that is that the ceiling here? Uh, I don't think so. Well, you know what Tampa are like? I think it'd be all right. 70 pitches, 75? Give or take. I mean, But that's kind of what I'm saying, though. You're backing McClinan for the odds, except for the fact that he might get pulled early because they want to keep him healthy. So that's, that's kind of the trade-off there. starting pitching nowadays, isn't it? They never go. Yeah, it really is. But I'm, I'm going to go with Texas. They had a nice series over the weekend at home. They don't have to travel. Kansas City does have to travel from Kansas City to Texas. And Stop saying Kansas City. Well, I mean, oh, hang on. Are you allowed to say Kansas City? Shit, it's us. No. Kansas City. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Kansas City. Oh, for God's sake. I've lost the system. has got the shit already. Sorry, Scott. You okay. carry on. I, was, I was going to say, though, <laughs> that F1 was not very good in the game on Sunday. So Tampa had to burn a lot of the bullpen. It wasn't yeah. a good bullpen, but still, they had to use a lot of guys. And I do wonder if McClinan's going to be on a short leash because they want to keep him healthy, but they burned a lot of relievers in the game on Sunday. I don't think it's a great combination there. So I'm going to go with Dunning. I think he'll get the job done. It's most of the odds. I just think that Texas has gotten back on track. They're a very good home team, which we know of. It's supposed to be 104 degrees Fahrenheit in that Ooh. game. So it's going to be hot in Texas during the summer. I'll go with Texas to get the job done. Underdog Fantasy and Best Ball Mania 4 uh, is here. Underdog Fantasy has given away $15 million in prizes. Underdog Pick'em is a great way to get down on your favourite MLB and NFL season player props. Loads of ways to win on Underdog and available in lots of states too. Head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. At underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Okay, right, here we go. This is the acid test. 8-10 Eastern first pitch between the Detroit Tigers and the Kansas City Royals. Uh, Matt Manning will go for Detroit. And for KC, uh, the pitcher will be Jordan Lyles. I've got the hang of this. The odds are minus 133 on Detroit, uh, plus 105 on the Royals with a total of nine. Um, Matt Manning is 3-1 on the year with a 3.72 ERA. He was the starter in the um, combined no-hitter that uh, Detroit threw against Toronto uh, the, just before the break. That made me laugh. He went six and two-thirds in that one. Uh, only gave up three walks. Um, that is a problem, walks uh, with Manning. That's an issue for him. A walk prop might be an option there. Uh, and he's been... Decent in the other four games that he started against better uh, better opposition than this. 
Uh, Jordan Lyles, I know moving off likes him. We do like a year for you when Lyles is on the mound. He is 1-11 with a 6.42 ERA. He's got one good start last time against Cleveland. Um, but that tells you he's got a run of another 10 bad ones coming. Um, he doesn't give up any walks or homers either. It's just a revolving door of hit after hit after hit. Um, Detroit are big enough, minus 133. Uh, KC got a win today, which means they're probably good till Friday or Saturday for another one. So, yeah, just take Detroit here, minus 133. They've been going well in Seattle too. Yeah, I think I'm going to lean to Detroit as well. I don't feel great about it, but Manning was very good. In fact, he couldn't have been much better. Give up no hits in his last start. Lyles has been, well, okay, I guess, but you're looking at his record, and no matter how well he pitches, they find ways to lose his starts anyway. Now, Detroit is currently losing 2-0 to Seattle, but they won the first two games of that series. At the end of the day, I do think that this price is pretty cheap fading Lyles, and I do think that it's not expensive enough to pull the trigger on the Tigers. I know the Tigers can't exactly hit that well consistently, but I think in this spot they're good enough. Kansas City won a game against Tampa, mostly because Eflin was not very good. I think Manning will pitch okay, but I do think once again Lyles will probably go five innings, three runs, something like that, and I'm assuming Detroit will be leading after five because of it. So give me Detroit to get the job done. I think it's a pretty decent price. It's not yeah, fun it's laying 130 with Detroit, but they've been okay uh, post-All-Star break against Seattle. I'll lean to Manning and company because Manning was very good last start. And maybe that can carry over into this one. Okay, 9.38 Eastern first pitch. The New York Yankees at the Los Angeles Angels. Luis Severino for New York and Griffin Canning draws the start for the Angels. Plus 110 on the Yankees. Minus 138, and no total listed, which is head-scratching. Um, but yeah, Severino plus 10. Scott, are you uh, putting your hard-earned money down on that? Yeah, I'm not taking Severino at all. In fact, I'm shocked he's still in the league, to be honest with you. Uh, he's been <laughs> this. He's been that bad. There's really no way around it. And you're hoping you know the All-Star break can give him some extra time to find something. I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, to read off the last couple of starts... Uh, last two starts, two and two-thirds, ten hits allowed, seven earned runs against the Orioles. Four innings, nine runs, seven earned against the Cardinals. He did have one really good start at home against Texas where he won six innings and gave up no runs. But the start before that, he wasn't good in either. Uh, five innings, four runs, three earned against the Red Sox. Four and two-thirds, six runs, five earned against the Mets. Five innings, four earned against the White Sox. Four innings, seven earned against the Dodgers. The point is he's been really bad in six of his last seven starts. I'll pass. I'll take the other guy. Yeah, fair enough. Can't argue with that at all. Um, the only issue with the other guy, I like the other guy. I like Griffin Cannon a lot. Um, but he's had back-to-back bad starts. Um, and it, it would be hard for you to take minus 140 or thereabouts on him, even if you don't want Severino even a little bit, which I don't. And that kind of leads you to an over. Maybe the books are a little bit wary of this number. It probably gets to double figures. Um, if I saw a nine and a half, I would absolutely snap your hand off. But uh, a little bit like the Mackenzie Gordu smiley game, it's hard to want to take either side. And especially when we, we know what the Angels are like to bet on anyway. So yeah, um, I would take an over if it's somewhere around nine and a half and 10. Uh, but other than that, I wouldn't fancy taking taking either side. We have for the penultimate game, uh, nine forty Eastern first pitch, the Boston Red Sox 
and the Auckland Athletics. Boston is TBD. Uh, Boston gone off tonight. Are they the late game or what have you? What are Boston doing today? Uh, Boston beat the Cubs. They beat Steve. Oh, they smashed the Cubs earlier on, yeah. Um, so, yeah, they haven't. Uh, their pitching staff is undecided. Uh, Paul Blackburn goes for Auckland. Um, nothing, no lines, no nothing on this one, Scott, at all? Uh, yeah, with no lines. Do you even want to bother? Or how do you want to go about this? Yeah, no, I've got nothing. Uh, it's it's tough to make a case when, once again, I don't know what the price is. Uh, it's going to be tough to take Oakland, but right now they're performing well in the final game of that series against Minnesota. But I don't really see anything. So pass, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, yeah, like I say, I apologize for some of these games, but there's not an awful lot we can do. Um, okay, this is a game we can get into the 9-4 Eastern. First pitch between the Minnesota Twins and the Seattle Mariners. Sonny Gray for the Twins and Logan Gilbert for Seattle. It's a close one on the books, plus 110 on the Twins, minus 120 on the Mariners, and a low total seven is the total here. Uh, Sonny Gray, four and three on the year with a 289 ERA. Um, and really, it's Sonny Gray's last start is the fly in the ointment here because it was horrible uh, against Baltimore. He gave up six earned runs or six hits. From a betting point of view, is whether or not you're prepared to ignore that start. And I think uh, for Sonny Gray, he's done enough to to allow us to give him a pass on that start. He's been great on the road before that, 274 ERA. Um, Minnesota never win his starts. This is the problem. Minnesota have scored one run in Sonny Gray's last three starts. Um and they are three games under, uh, three games beneath 500 on the road as well. Um, so it's hard to, to, to take them for a win here just because they never get one for him. Logan Gilbert for Seattle is seven and five on the year. Has a 366 ERA. He's been going along really nicely recently. Three and one uh, with a 210 ERA in his last five starts, which includes seven innings and one earned run at Houston. Um, a complete game shutout uh, where he gave up five hits at the Giants. Um, there's a dodgy home start against Washington in there, but there's a seven innings, one earned run against Baltimore, and then two earned runs and five with it against the White Sox. So, yeah, Gilbert going along really well. At the prices, I'll take Seattle here. I know they haven't covered themselves in glory this weekend against Detroit. I know they're hard to rely on, but Minnesota just never do enough. So, if... This is the seven's too low. It should be low score, but it's too low. Um, I think Seattle can edge them out in a low scoring game, something like three to one or thereabouts. I'll take Seattle at minus one twenty, Scott. Yeah, I feel like we're kind of expecting the same type of game where I just think Seattle finds a way to get it done. Having said that, you said that you think the total's too low when you picked a three one game. So that's kind of how I look at it. I'm going to lean to the under. Uh, I think seven is a low number in general, but I do think you're going to probably see a low-scoring game. Gilbert's been really good lately, and I do think he's in line to pitch well once again. To read off the numbers here for Gilbert's last couple of starts, uh, just going through the actual game log. So the last start he made, he went seven innings, gave up one run against the Astros. Start before that, a complete game shutout against the Giants. Was not very good against the Nationals in his last home start. Six innings, four earned. Start before that, though, seven innings, one run against the Orioles, five and a third, two runs against the White Sox. He's been very good. 
and most of the last start, last couple starts he's made in the past month. Uh, so for me, I'm going to go with the first five under. I think that Gray can do a very good job of keeping the ball in the ballpark, which he's done all season long. But you're looking yeah. at Gilbert's recent form. He's been good, too. The first five probably is going to be at maybe you could find the juiced four for the yeah. first five under. I take that approach. I still don't trust Minnesota's bullpen. So I'll go with the first five under in that game. Uh, okie doke. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, 10 games uh, handicapped as best we can. A slightly fragmented uh, card for Monday. Uh, but some winners definitely in there. Some interesting bets. Um, Scott, do you have a lock on a dog for us? Uh, well, I'll start off with the dog. Uh, I'm going to go with the Angels on the money line at around Ooh. plus 118, give or take. The Yankees with one laying 140 with Severino is an insane price. And considering the fact that they're about to lose a series in Coors Field tells me that they're not exactly in great form. Uh, the Yankees in that series against Colorado scored three runs in the last, assuming they don't score in the ninth inning, because right now they're down 5-3, because Holmes give up a grand slam in the eighth inning. But the Yankees <laughs> have scored three runs in the last, what is it, 16 innings? Of that uh, Rocky series, assuming they don't score in the ninth. So the offense with Sean Casey as the hitting coach seems to be the exact same that it was before Sean Casey was the hitting coach. They're just not very good. Uh, I know that Canning's been struggling a bit lately, but Severino's on another level of struggling. And the Angels, we'll see how they do on Sunday night against the Astros, but they did score 13 runs in the game on a Saturday, so at least offensively they can generate something. The, the Yankees, though, they've been struggling at the at the dish for the last month and change ever since Judge got hurt. And yes, Canning is not very good. I am aware of that. But I do think when you're looking at the current form of these teams, the Angels at least have been generating some runs. The Yankees have not. So I think I'm just going to fade Severino. If you want to take the team total on the Angels, I maybe wouldn't mind that either. Uh, that might actually be the safer play. But I think for the sake of the lock and dog, I didn't see many dogs that I was truly in a fan of on the card. So I'm going to go with the Angels as my dog at around plus 120. It's more just a principal play. Severino should not be laying 140. That's an insane price. I think, you I think Scott, you might have the prices the wrong way around here. So I've got Severino at plus 110 and the Angels at minus 135. I saw ESPN listing Sevi as a minus 140. Really? So Whoa, well, fill your boots. ESPN yeah. has, has the Yankees at 140. So I'm going to use the ESPN one, which I think is sponsored by Caesars. So I think that might be a Caesars one, but they have the Yankees allegedly at minus 140. So I'm going to use that. I'll pull that up in a second, though, when you go. Uh, but for my actual lock on the show, uh, what do I want to do? You know what? Assuming that Logan Webb is going to be starting, which is kind of a big if, but I don't, I don't know if it is because he really should be. He didn't pitch in that Pittsburgh series. I'm going to go with the Giants' first five run line at minus half a run. I like Logan Webb a lot. I'm not a big Williamson guy. The Reds scored three runs in the entire series against the Brewers, and they got swept in that series. The Reds are also below 500 at home, which I feel like is kind of an underrated fact. Uh, but the Giants ended up sweeping over the weekend against Pittsburgh. I like Logan Webb a lot. I'm not a Williamson guy. Give me the Giants' first five run line. I don't have a price, but it should be probably around minus 115, minus 120. I'll take that now. Uh, give me the Giants' first five run line as my lock. Okay. Um, I was going to put the Giants up on the money line as my lock. I didn't feel great about it because 
Uh, minus one fifty is right, uh, right at my limit actually. Uh, and if you're putting the Giants up, um, then I'll pivot to the over in the Dodgers Baltimore game. Nine and a half, and um, both pitches. You've got several different ways of um, if this game getting there. Either pitch you could get blown up. Both could contribute. Uh, we could see any kind of things happening here. Over nine and a half, uh, I'm really happy with that. And I think Texas at plus 122 is very much a live dog. Uh, Dean Dunning, great at home. Texas, just a little bit of momentum going. And a question mark over McClanahan, um, just because we haven't seen him for a little while. And if he does go, it might not be for longer than five innings. Uh, in Tampa Bay, like I say, lost again today, then travelling out um, to Texas. So, yeah, give me... Uh, give me... Texas at plus 122. By the, uh, by the way, apparently, apparently I'm going to have to call an audible because I actually pulled up uh, DraftKings and the Angels are minus 135. So ESPN is completely lying to me. They made up a number. Uh, so unfortunately, the at, the Angels cannot be my underdog. And I'm not laying 135 with uh, Canning. So no. I got to call an audible. I am going to stick with the Giants, though, first five run line. I, I do like that play uh, quite a bit, assuming, once again, Webb is getting the start. My dog for the show, you know what? I'm just going to go with it. I'm going to go with Texas uh, on the money line at around plus 105. in off the IL again. I'm not sure how long he's going to go, but we know how good Texas' offense is. We know Tampa's been struggling a bit lately, uh, just even before the All-Star break. And the once again, Orioles gained a game. Uh, on Sunday. So they're really yep. in the thick of it. Uh, you might see Tampa get surpassed maybe in the next couple weeks. But for my audible play, give me the Rangers money line at plus 105. So once again, my lock's going to be the Giants' first five run line, and my dog will be the Rangers money line at around plus 105, plus 110. Okay, cheers for that, Scott. Appreciate it. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Cheers to all the gang who joined in, in the comments. Um, again, the Sunday cards can be a little bit hit and miss with the uh, with the lines and what have you, but we've uh, we've given out some picks on what we can. Um, enjoy the rest of your Sunday evening. I'm going to go and watch the Mets and the Dodgers for a couple of hours with a cup of tea before I go to bed. I made a little courgette cake earlier on today, so a cup of tea and a bit of courgette cake. Uh, see if the Mets can score any runs. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow night, hopefully, uh, with a full slate uh, and 15 sets of lines that we can choose from as well. Uh, but until then, uh, we'll see you down the road. Cheers.